Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1235 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer and Brendan Escott with you. This is one of David Letterman's favorite songs of all time. He loved Warren Zevon. The best fans in the game need the best content. Go live and behind the scenes with Oilers Plus and access live practice coverage, pre- and post-game shows, and much, much more. Subscribe now at OilersPlus.com using the promo code OilersNow. That's all caps, OilersNow, for a three-day free trial. We'll also tell you... And I uh, bumped into the boys over at Roos Chris last night. It was my night to cook. Some guests and Oilers now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether they're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Open Tuesday through Sunday, 5 until 10 p.m. Uh, you can tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, he's coming into town. In fact, tonight, 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 I might even see him next three games. Up next, our NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How are you doing? I'm well, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, it is Halloween. Um, do you have a favorite Halloween costume you have worn over the years? I'm, I'm being dressed as Bob Stoffer today. See, I, that's way too easy. you got to do I better. Know. Yeah, no, I know, but uh, I, I listen. I dressed up so many times, yeah, taking the kids out, and and I got no candy. I, all I would get was you know parents coming to the door and laughing at me because I looked like a clown, yeah, the, or a werewolf, or, uh, or 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 something of that, or a pirate. Oh, well, my kids get all the candy. See, I would go with the Law and Order Vincent D'Onofrio look. <laughs> well, you wear that every you wear that every night on the panel too, don't you? There you go. Yes, yes. Oh man, I was telling the story. I did, I did not say which costume I wore in back to back years at the CJSR, which was the campus radio station used to have an all politically incorrect Halloween party in the late 1980s, early 1990s. 
Uh, obviously, the statute of limitations on something like that still exists. So we are not. Gonna I don't go think so, Bob. You better watch it. I don't think that's statute why of I, limitations. I said that's why I said no. I'm not going to tell people what I wore. But it was no. I won one year. That's all I'm going to say. One year I won with the best costume. So. <laughs> Well, you're always the best dressed guy in the panel, other than Gene and somebody else. So. Yeah, well, I gotta. Yeah, you, you'll need, and, and I'll, it'll be that way again tomorrow night. I'm going to assume as well. So, hey, all right, we'll we'll switch from. Hell- By the way, what is it on my timeline? Well, not my timeline, but our six thirty Chad uh, Ashley Fine Floors text line. What's with all the Calgary Flames fans today? Oh, you guys weren't th- like we haven't sat here and gloated over the Oilers' victory. Edmonton's won four straight. It was a heck of a hockey game on Saturday night. Stewart's oh, you, you know the Flames hit three posts. Well, guess what, dude? The Oilers hit two in the first two. Relax. Like it was a one goal. Ga- like <laughs> it was a hell of a hockey game. It was a, it was great, a hell of a hockey. Game. It was a great g- yeah. game, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was. It makes you yearn for more than three. That's all I can tell you, Bob. It makes you yearn for more than three, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So. All right. Well, what's? I mean, you have you're you're an NHL insider. You got, you know, did you not have Gary Bettman on your show today? Yeah, we're, it runs tomorrow. But yes. Right. Okay. So, look, you're John Shannon. Can you not do something about this? How in the hell do we have the Battle of Alberta with the great playoff series, first one in over thirty years? And the Battle of Alberta in Edmonton, the home date is done on October the 5th. How does that happen, John? Come on. Well, the, the, the issue becomes, Bob, and Gary and I actually talked about this today on the show, uh, was that because uh, I was at the league at the time, and I, I call it the Sydney Ovi reason. Uh, because at that point, when I was there and the schedule was was working, uh, was the two best players in hockey were Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby playing in the Eastern Conference. That means they were only going to the West every second year. And, and, and I'm not just talking Western Canada. I'm talking about the Western Conference. So what happened was there was a real decision to be made to say, okay, if that's the case, then what we're going to talk about is... Every team has to play in each building home and away. Well, that's automatically now 62 games. 62 games. So you only have 20 more regular season games to play with. And so you have. So then, when you talk about interdivision rivals, and because they're wild cards, there's still some importance in playing wild card games uh, with the other division, the central division in the West. Uh, and then there's the games within your own division. So in the end, you're you're kind of you got 14 games that you deal with automatically. So it's it's a tough it's a tough situation. And uh, or as the commissioner volunteered to say, well, we could always play more games. Not that he was advocating for that. Oh, I would all. I'd be totally for playing more. Let's get to 84 regular season and cut oh, the pre Bob. and cut the preseason from eight to four. How's that? Well, no, we, 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 I, 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 you know what I'd really like to do? I'd like to cut the preseason from eight to six. Okay. Okay. And then I'd like to cut the regular season from 82 to 80 because I want the players to be healthy when the playoffs yeah. start. That's a fair, John, completely <laughs> fair perspective. You know, and and we we end up with particularly after the NFL season's over, 
a lot of the American teams jam a lot of threes and fours. Sure, right? we're seeing it. In, we're seeing it in Canada now because Canadian teams don't have the same uh, predilection about avoiding the NFL. So, and so the, the issue and high school football, everything. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you, in theory, in a, in the state of Texas, you can't play a hockey game Friday night for high school, Saturday for college, and Sunday for the NFL. So 100%. when do you play games at home? When yeah. do you play games at home? That's the problem. So uh, I would rather see a reduced regular season. The regular season is so important anyway, so let's create more value there, and let's make sure the guys are healthy when the, the greatest sports playoff tournament starts in the first couple of weeks of April. John, do you think there's ever a time that it's appropriate for an official to wave off a player in the league, especially if it's a captain or assistant? Or do you think it's a bad look on an official? Oh, the old days, it used to happen all the time. I mean, I, I still remember him. I still have this vision of, of uh, Frank Adveri skating backwards and Davey Keon trying to catch him um, to yell at him. Um, but, I, I, I mean, in, in, in the broadest sense, what should happen, if you're a captain or you've got an A on your sweater, you should be able to talk to an official in right. a logical, sane sense at any time during a, during a stoppage. What do you think, uh, you know, just circling back, because we had you on uh, Monday and Wednesday last week. The Oilers played Chicago. Uh, and yeah. it's funny, I was talking about this in the pregame with Reed Wilkins, because he brought up the game between Edmonton and Dallas in 2003, game two, and the Oilers were shorthanded 19 times. And what had happened in game one of that series at the end of the game, Darian, Darian Hatcher elbowed Steve Stales in the head, got a major right. penalty and tossed out, and the Oilers had won the game. And then in game two in Dallas, the Stars, you know, got 19. They had, they had like seven power plays through the first two periods. They were up there. They, had, they won the game 6-1. But Edmonton earned every single penalty they took. Like, it was <laughs> ugly. And I wouldn't complain about one of those calls. They made it count. They were exacting their proverbial pound of flesh. The game between Chicago and Edmonton the other night was bizarre. It, it, it yep. was because it wasn't a dirty game. It wasn't a chick, chippy game. Um, and it was a chirpy. It was a chirpy game. Wow, well, one. It guy. wasn't a chippy game. It was a chirpy game. All right. So eight. The orders are shorthanded eight times in the second period, and then the proverbial marbles started to balance out in the third, and Edmonton ultimately won the game. It was just you, you don't see like we saw some of that in 0506 when we had the new. We saw some of that in the fall of 0506. Just, yeah. Just I mean it was it was an odd game. I mean we'll take it as a one off, and it's not a loser's lament because Edmonton won the game. It was just bizarre to see that many calls, John. Yeah, it was. It was, it was strange. And I, I still don't understand and agree the disallowed goal uh, that night, the Evander Kane yeah. situation with Seth Jones. Uh, it was explained to me the next day because I, I did ask people about it. Uh, but there was a real belief that, you know, um, Evander lingered more so than any other person and I and I actually asked the question are you sure it was Evander lingering or if it was some other player would you have allowed him to linger I, I don't know whether there's a target on his back or not uh, but it, I didn't like the call it was actually a similar call to me that occurred last night in the Anaheim Toronto game that the Ducks lost a goal in the third period as the Maple Leafs lost again this time in overtime uh, and I I think I, I worry now, Bob, in the NHL that we're trying to protect goaltenders 
like the NFL's trying to protect uh, quarterbacks since the Tua injuries. Yeah. And we're now getting a little too picky hmm. of what's going on around the net and around the crease. I don't know if you were listening to us, but I told uh, Cam, don't challenge. I said they're not going to win the challenge. And part of the reason uh, for me was they'd been shorthanded so much that I'm like, I didn't want them to be shorthanded again. And I, to be frank with you, I also worried about Evander Kane in that situation. Like, he'd had a, he got stuck earlier before he, he earned the two cross checks. Like, he, mm-hmm. he got, like, those were, all day I could see those calls, but he's going to get a second one. I said that right away to Cam. Then he gets involved in the disallowed goal. He asked the goaltender, Stalock, had a chance to recalibrate, which should have been. Without his stick, mind you. Without a stick, and I was like, oh, I got a bad. Don't challenge. I, and I said, I talked yeah. to Jay after. I'm like, my concern was you weren't getting the call when it happened, and you weren't going to get the call again, and then you're going to be shorthanded again. And then the way McIsaac got emotional in the game as well, the referee and Evander yep. said something at the bench, and instead of giving him a misconduct to get him to cool it, he wanted to inflict pain. So he gave he gave Kane an unsportsmanlike minor, and that put Edmonton down 5-3. He influenced the game at that point as an official. Well, he did. Well, but, but, but referees do influence games. Yes, it, they it, do, John. It, 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 I mean, that's a fact. Would you have preferred to see Kane have 10 minutes? I was surprised he didn't get it. Yeah. I thought, no, 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 what, what would I you prefer- have preferred? I would have preferred the official to have had a thicker skin. But he, 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 I, I understand that. And but the only thing is, and I I wasn't there. I was watching on television. I don't know how many times Evander tripped him sure, before. Fair comment. And uh, we don't know from the moment that they dropped the puck was Evander all over him all night long. Yeah. Or or were the, or were the Oilers as a whole all over the referees all night all, all long after the, after the but yeah. after the eight power plays. After the eight Chicago power plays, how many times you know had, had something been said to the uh, to yeah. the officials? And they didn't say a word in the third period. That was pretty clear. All right, John. Uh, yes. Can you, Bob? Mark and St. Albert wants to know. Can you ask John Shannon why the NHL, in their infinite wisdom, have scheduled so many Saturday matinee games for the Oilers this year? Nobody wants to attend those games, and they are impossible to sell. That one comes to us from Mark and St. Albert. I can tell you for two reasons. First of all, um, if the the Oilers have a certain amount of games that are on uh, the Rogers contract that can go national, so if they play in prime time on Saturday night, there is an under there is an assumption and understanding they would be nationally televised. If they if Rogers still wants to televise them regionally, they have to be outside the hockey night window. That's the first thing. The other thing is. Contractually now, there's enough money and enough interest in Europe that the NHL, if you notice, is sending and doing afternoon games most Saturdays and most Sundays for prime time in Europe. And that's one of the key reasons why this is happening, is is the quote-unquote growing the game, trying to make sure people outside of North America get an opportunity to watch. And let's face it, when you have... The best non-North American player playing on your team, there's going to be interest. There you go. And and so that's those two and those two reasons and those two reasons alone, and they're both legitimate reasons. John, we've gone 14 minutes into this conversation and not discussed the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, last year they started out kind of suspect as well. Uh, the underlying numbers suggested they'd get better. 
They're 4-4-2 four, four, and two out of the gate. Their six losses have been against teams like Toronto. Like Anaheim, you mean? No, like Toronto oh. that did not either make the playoffs or get out of the first round of the playoffs last oh. year. Those are the six losses. So, in other words, they didn't, they've yet to, uh, those six losses, it's not like they came against teams that were in the final eight last year. Um, what's your thought process? Are the Leafs in a little bit of trouble? Have they... You know, have they lost the wrong type of players that actually played with a little bit of bite? Did they spend too much money? I mean, I have my theories, but I'd like to hear yours. Well, I think like a lot of teams that have had had sputtering starts, um, I think their their defense is, is not very good. Uh, you know, they've got Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. Neither have had great starts, and then they've got the rest of the gang that for all intents and purposes could have gone up and down to the American League um, and have in the last year and a half so those are those are those to me that's the biggest issue um, the other one is is that uh, you know Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner have not been really engaged yet in in the games uh, Marner gave two horrendous giveaways up in Anaheim last night for the loss he took full responsibility for them after the game. But, you know, those are key issues. Their two best players, Marner and Matthews, have not performed at an elite level, like, for instance, Connor and, and Leon have. John Tavares and, and William Nylander have been very good. Um, their goaltending has not been a problem. I don't care what anybody says. Ilya Samsonov will end up being the number one goalie in Toronto for the remainder of the season, no matter what happens to Matt Murray. And Shalgren has three points of the possible four in the two games that he's played. So it, to me, it, it's, it's on two players, Matthews and Marner, and then it's on the blue line. And that's why the Leafs are at NHL 500. Does anybody see Matthews and Marner the same way people see McDavid and Drysaddle? Oh, I think they do here. I, I think they do here. Are they delusional? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, when hey, listen, Matt Austin Matthews won the uh, the one great trophy. He's a great player, he, and, and 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 I would argue he shoots the butter uh, the puck better than than sure. Connor. Ask Connor that question. I think Connor would tell you that too. Connor might be a better I'm player overall. I'm not talking about Matthews. I'm talking about the other guy. Yeah, no, that's fair, and that's fair comment. But you look at his numbers, and you look at what he does here. Here, like Leon, he he kills penalties, and he's on the power play. Uh, he's just not focused right now, Bob. Well, uh, he's he's a very good player. He's a very good player, um, but he's not focused right now. I, I and I and I, I'll, I'll be honest. In, in my personal opinion, I've not talked to anybody inside the organization. Uh, my personal opinion: if there was a player change to be made. He would be the one, not anyone else. Last year, Austin Matthews played 73% of his even-strength time with Mitch Marner. Connor McDavid played 22% of his even-strength time 5-on-5 five five with Leon Dreisettle. That's my point. My point is McDavid and Dreisettle don't play together anymore. They haven't, you know, they, now they played together in the playoffs last year because Leon got hurt. So they had to move him to the wing. You saw the stat the other day, a, a minute 49... Uh, minute 49 of five-on-five five time over the last four-game winning streak. Final one for you, John. This is a great story for Oilers fans of Stuart Skinner, isn't it? I mean, we've got some people oh. saying, oh, it's a, you got a gold. There's no controversy here. You've got two guys that can play. Isn't that what you want? 
You know, we had Kenny on the show last week, and we had a long talk about the two-goalie system, and he, he knows that there's room for both of them and expects Skinner to be a valuable part. Here's the one thing I would tell you in, in, in recent history. The smartest move Kenny Holland might have made as a manager with the existing roster was protecting Stuart Skinner in the expansion draft. He was going to Seattle. If Skinner had not been protected, Stuart Skinner would be the starting goaltender for the Seattle Kraken. There's no doubt in my mind, I have been told this from people who worked with the organization, best move that Kenny made with the expansion draft was making sure Skinner was the goalie of record. Mm. Now, it was pretty easy to do when you think about existing contracts, but everybody knew, everybody saw the potential of Stuart, Stuart Skinner when the, the Kraken were drafting players. And that was a really, really smart move. You know what's crazy about all of this, John, is, you know, the Seattle ended up signing Adam Larson to a four-year deal at $4 bucks. Had the Kraken, I, I, and I think Dave Haxtell is going to be the first coach. That, like, well, maybe not. Maybe he won't be. But I'm not. I, I think there's room for improvement in the coaching there. Okay, and I wonder. And now we're already hearing stories about Shane Wright, and he's only played half the games. But when they signed Grubar, that man. Well, that's not on Dave. That's not on Haxtell. I know. <laughs> but when they signed Grubar, that altered things for Darcy Camper. Darcy Camper would have been an Edmonton Oiler, not a Colorado Avalanche last that's year. Right. And that's we right. might be sitting here with Kemper and Skinner. It's crazy how it all worked out in the end. Just yeah, nuts. It, 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 listen, that's that's part of uh, the business that uh, an expansion times we're in. We won't have to worry about expansion teams, I don't think, for a while, Bob. So yeah. we can uh, just go back to well, dealing with one, free agents we, and draft picks. We got one more. I mean, we got the two, we got a team playing in Arizona right now out of Mullet Arena. What did you think of the dressing rooms? Well, for the temporary, for the remaining two games, they'll be uh, they'll be fine. I, I, it, I, you know, I, I was involved in the Winnipeg Jets broadcast the other night, and and you know the players talked about, hey, I, we had lots of room, and the only problem was because <laughs> because the floor is on a community ice rink, it was a little it was a little cold on your feet between the plywood and the carpet. So, uh, it, it, it's it's a work in progress. You know, the annex will be built when the Oilers get there. Life will be fine. Uh, and then we have to wait till the 29th of November to figure out whether this ownership group can get the city of Tempe to help them build an arena. That's the key. November 29th, Bob. Awesome stuff, John. Safe travels. We'll see you tomorrow, mister. Thanks for the warning. That is uh, John Shannon, 1255 in Edmonton. We'll hit on a couple quick texts when we return on orders now. This used to be the Dallas Stars opening back in the day, and it worked. By the way, Jake Ottinger to be reevaluated in a week, which I would say makes him unlikely to be facing the Oilers next Saturday. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. If you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, we've sold out our roadie to New York City, but we're going to Vegas this January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights and all the famous Vegas attractions. This new West Travel Hockey Package includes three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Vegas Strip. Game tickets will have a welcome reception with yours truly. You never know who's going to show up. We've had some great guests in Vegas over the years. For the orders now, Hockey Vegas Hockey Package, reach out to newwesttravel.com. I promised a quick text. This text comes in and says, Bob, I wonder if the Leafs wish they had Tyson Berry and Cody Cece right now from John. Well, don't you know how it works? If a guy struggles in his one season in Toronto, it means he can't play. 
I mean, that's a market that booed Larry Murphy off the ice. Larry Murphy, who played forever and went on to win a couple Stanley Cups with Detroit after, including some pretty big offensive seasons. Um, yeah. I mean, make make no mistake, they did not want to lose Hyman. Like, you know, they, they wanted to find a way to keep Hyman. CC, I mean, CC played in Pittsburgh after Toronto. Cody CC's pretty reliable defender. And Kulak's really picked up his play over the last three or four games as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. When we come back, you on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. The Edmonton Oilers have won the Battle of Alberta. They're 6-3. and three. What a difference a week makes. Where are you at with the team right now? And we, we don't have a goalie controversy. They, the Oilers just have two guys they can go with, right? You tell us when we return on Oilers Now.